This podcast is sponsored by the Guild of Accountants. As a matter of full disclosure, I should make it clear that the Guild of Accountants is currently helping me cover up some uh, financial irregularities. Something about a, a little undeclared dragon's hoard or something. I don't know. The taxman was quite unfriendly about it, but I think we've got his number. Anyway, the Guild of Accountants, they account for you. Wait, is that really their slogan? It's awful. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, with my pandemic hair right now. Just... Going everywhere, doing everything. I must say, Russ, it's helped your beard come in nicely. Yeah, my beard's, um, pandemic. My beard's getting a bit <laughs> longer like, as well. I really just need a general trim all over. It's I, Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. <laughs> as ever, delighted to be here. Here to let you know all about the RPG news and also Russ's beard check because it's it's gone from scraggly to like a... It, it, it's been to look like full-fledged beard going on here. Yeah, I need to like, get We're not Harris. talking dwarf I need to get Harry scissors out. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I will at some point. But the thing is, with this pandemic going on, no one's going to see it. So <laughs> well, apart from the unfortunate ones, you see there, that's just part of the things I do for you, then. I look at Russ's face that so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm an awful person. And, and laughing in the background at my wisdom is um, an absolutely fantastic new guest we have. Uh, James, uh, is, is it Intracrasso? Yeah, it is. It is. You nailed it in yeah. one. Yeah. Woo-hoo. James Intracrasso, and therefore in a podcast first, we're pronouncing some of names properly uh, for the first time ever. Mm, that's Again. right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you're, uh, James, you're here to talk about um, Fantastic Lairs. With, mm. with Mike Shea's Sly Flourish. Yes. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but just for those people who don't know, uh, you have a podcast yourself, yes. which is called Tabletop Babble. And you've been a freelance writer for Wizard of the Coast's D&D books for quite a while now. Yes, Ooh. yeah. I, uh, I've worked on seven uh, official hardcovers, uh, including the most recent release that came out this week, uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros. So, yeah, yeah. Ooh. It's a dream come true, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, should we do some RPG news? Yes. Oh, interesting. Small <laughs> choice. <laughs> but it's worked so far, we should probably stick with it. Mm-hmm. Well, the, f- the, first bit, the first bit of news, Peter, is one that you're. I know you're excited about anyway. The Baldur's Gate teaser trailer. Uh, yes. I did see that. That was uh, that was pretty cool. There was like some slight ropiness of pillars falling off things, but I don't care. I- I'm going to play it anyway. It's going to be great. I'm it's going to be time. great. It's going to be amazing. Have you, have you seen the trailer, uh, James? Uh, yeah, yeah. I did uh, catch a little mm. bit of it. I am super... Every piece of video that they release for this, uh, mm. I'm really mm. impressed with. I think looks good mm. and mm. Uh, and is... Uh, I... I, I I'm excited to see the game because we so rarely get a good D&D video game, right? Mm. Um, they're yeah. usually pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And I was such a big fan of the original Baldur's Gate. Yeah, and that's one and of the Neverwinter best. And Winter Nights and, you know, all, yeah. those, all those sort of uh, 3D isometric mm-hmm. D&D oh, oh. Yeah. genre games. Love them all. 
Yeah, I think those really, that's where D&D really shines, right? Is in that sort of 3D isometric space. Mm. But then there's there's other g- older games that uh, uh, I used to have friends who had a all D&D video game review podcast. And there's a lot of Ooh. bad ones out there. Wow. A lot of them. Oh. A lot of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're going back to the gold box stuff here. The yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, I, I remember playing that. I remember playing that when I was at I was, uh, um, university. What's and, that one um, called? Well, when I should have been univer- at university, we yeah. weren't in fact at university. Uh, we were back at home playing Board of Radiance. Well, I was high well spent, I'm sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> ah, fun. It was all good fun, right? Also, uh, all right. You you mentioned yeah. this uh, a moment ago, James um, Ferros. Yes. Uh, so the the physical book itself. Isn't out yet because uh, because of the pandemic delaying delaying printing, but it has hit the the virtual store shelves. That's right for for those who head on over to D and D Beyond. Um, I haven't actually grabbed it yet because I'm definitely a, a physical book guy. Mm-hmm. Is, yes. I just like having the the object on my shelves. Yeah, Wizards, I did. You did excellent. Well, we yes. just did share the table of contents a week or so ago. Yes. Oh, did you think that's uh, what I was thinking? I imagine this isn't news to you, James, given that you worked on the book, ah. so you know what's in it anyway. Yeah, I do, yeah. right. I do. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say, by the way, it's got some really nice artwork, uh, but probably like my favourite piece is uh, that of the satyr, or the satyr. Oh, and, yeah. How do you say that, Russ? I say satyr. Oh, we'll go with the satyr then. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now this, oh. this one this one i think is the one i'm looking forward to most in quite a while i mean oh. i do have a, a thing for greek um greek mythology anyway i do i do like it a lot what what, what did you what was your part on this one james oh. uh so i wrote a, about a bunch of the locations right so uh mm. it's sort of part player options with new races and subclasses and part dm guide with like uh and then part gazetteer right like Mm. hey here's what's going on here here's what's going on there um and so i wrote some of the gazetteer uh i wrote about the satyrs quite a bit uh so Mm. uh yeah there's a uh watch out let's just say if you get invited to a satyr party uh you might lose more than your pants (laughs) if you're uh you're going there wait Um, what what sort of party did you go to that you lose your pants on a regular basis that assumes i wear pants quite frankly yeah Exactly. Uh, and then um, there's a uh, there's also a handful of like um, uh, they and they did this in Ravnica and in Eberron, too, where they have um, a bunch of maps made by Dyson Logos. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are these different locations that you can kind of drop in. Uh, and so I detailed a bunch of those locations, one for each god uh, that are in there, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this this one had a massive uh, design team working on it and a lot of uh new folks and stuff so i had a, I had a small part but i was i'm always sure. happy to to step in right is there quite a lot of referencing the uh magic the gathering sort of source material as yeah. you write it yeah so there is right and sometimes it'll say like like you'll they they give you a big packet with a lot of the material and then you can uh, you can always find images of the cards online too if there's any yeah. any little tidbits right like and and at one point i had to write about something and they said uh you know this is referenced in the card and i found the card and it was literally like 
a quote from someone at this place, right? Like it was like this person right. from here. And that's the only time that place is referenced. And I said, <laughs> this is it. And they're like, yeah, make up whatever, whatever you think is right. And we'll talk about it. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, uh, some, in some places they have a lot of lore for magic. And in other places mm. it was like, this was mentioned once offhand and you've got to yeah. figure it out. So, yeah. It reminds me of some of those sort of uh, settings where you have a, a big map. And you have all these really colorful locations mentioned on that map, but <laughs> there's no detail about them. You're like, what, what is the Abyssal Basin? And, <laughs> and I think it's kind of cool because it lets your, ma- your you know, imagination run wild. It could be anything in a way, couldn't it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there was this map going around a couple of years ago of a place called Clichéa, right? And it was like every every yeah. cliche on a map. And I was like, this map is amazing because I can make up whatever <laughs> I want for here, right? Like, this is the yeah. best. <laughs> right. Oh, I, 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 uh, I want to quickly drop in a, a quick plug for Mythological Figures and Maleficent Monsters because Ooh. the book is done. Oh, what? it's finished. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we've got it going through the uh, proofreaders now. We've got it going through the sensitivity readers who are just doing a quick skim, but we don't really anticipate any issues there. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then it's, uh, I get a, a, a hardcover sent to me to just check it out. And then, uh, and then we'll be, yeah, uh, to be thinking about Great releasing that Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. I know you love your Kickstarters trust. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're always so happy when they're going on. That's exciting. Wow. I want yeah. everyone to know Russ is going to keep growing his beard uh, until this Kickstarter <laughs> is over. That's going to be the so. stretch goal. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The stretch goal is Russ's beard. <laughs> well, that's what it's about. Ooh, it's about an inch long now, isn't it? Ooh. Yeah, uh, looks good. That's the, I think that's actually the longest it's ever been now. Yeah, yeah. it's very Russell Crowe uh, for for people listening to the podcast. Russell, uh, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. A, a young, handsome Russell Crowe. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. of course, not yeah. not old Russell Crowe. Uh, <laughs> Prime when he yeah, was married no. to Meg Ryan, Russell Crowe. <laughs> ja- Gladiator. Ja- ja- James, I'm trying to drink some water. Do you mind? <laughs> I don't want it splurged out all over the It's just not cool. Not cool. <laughs> yes. Right, oh, I don't know. Russ can do an Are You Not Entertained with the best of them. And there you go. Oh, let's know where we are. <laughs> Sorry, Gladiator reference since we're going all Greek, mm-hmm. which I know it was Roman. But yeah, close yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, you know, Alice. Oh, Alice, Alice, Alice. is Alice. Yeah. Mm. Alice is missing. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Um, <laughs> Someone should call the police. You don't have to wait 24 hours to do it. You should do it right now. <laughs> so this is a. This is a. Uh, I mean, this is this is on Kickstarter. So I should have saved this for the game. Actually, oh, well, it's too late now. Alice yeah. is missing. So it's a. It's a. They're calling it a silent role playing game. Mm-hmm. And the oh, entire it's like Silent Hill or something. One of the entire thing is played by text message. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh cracky. I vaguely recall stuff, but I, <laughs> I think it was so weird that it like went into my head, and I was like, well, I don't know what this is. Off you go. I, I'm still yeah. not one hundred percent clear on how it works. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very intrigued, and I think uh, I think I'd love to see a demo of it if. I mean, if it's uh, yeah. if it's text messages, I guess that's a little harder to do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> material. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you know, it's got a good pedigree. It's by Hunters Entertainment, um, mm-hmm. so they're Altered Carbon, Kids on Bikes, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and Renegade Game Studios, who do a lot of board games, I believe. Yeah. 
and it's uh, it's only it's only ten dollars. It's not uh, it's not an expensive um, Kickstarter to jump into. But um, basically, there's a, a girl called Alice. Um, she's um, disappeared. She's a high school junior, which um, you could translate that to to English for us. Eleventh um, grade. School... Yeah, yeah. So you're you're. I don't know what that means either. Se- second to last year of high school, I guess, uh, would be how, how old are they? Oh, yeah. uh, like seven, 17 would 17. be good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so like a sixth form uh, sort of thing. Okay, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so... Uh, a, yeah, a college so, student for us. Oh. Alice Bryant. <laughs> As opposed to a university student, which is something different. Right, right. Yes. Um, what was I saying? Um, yeah, small town of Silent Falls. Alice Bryant disappears. And the idea is you have got to investigate the uh, disappearance. And the game is played live and without any verbal communication at all. So it's like a 90-minute play session. And instead mm-hmm. of speaking, you send text messages back and forth in a group chat, as well as individually. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess that also means you don't even have to get together for it. You could uh, you could play it for... So it sounds like perfect pandemic play. It does. Right. It- and i i think it's one of those things right that you can even you can just say hey we're playing this tonight at eight o'clock who's in right and mm. then you you can just start the text message you chain start a group chat yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's an interesting idea i uh i'm tempted to back it just because i'm so curious i don't know if it's something i'd ever really get the opportunity to play mm-hmm. but i'm so i'm so curious about how it works i think i probably will back it and, and make sure i get it just to see and a lot yeah. of people that innovate and just do weird and different things in the RPG space as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very clever. Very good. <laughs> uh, right, let's have a look. What else have we got in the news? Uh, we've got a list of things that are available for free RPG day. Oh, yes. That's that coming is... up. Oh, it was changed. What was it? Uh, yeah. in July now, isn't it? July the 25th. And they have a new organiser called Gaming Days. And each store participating is being sent a package with about 100 items in it, which they can wow. give away for free during the day. So I guess Ooh. you've got to you've got to get to your local store kind of early because 100 mm. items probably going to go pretty quick, I imagine. Yeah. Won't last so long. We've got stuff from Cubicle 7. We've got some Warhammer 40k stuff. We've Ooh. got some uh, Goodman Games Dungeon Crawl Classic stuff. I've uh, got some Kids on Bikes we got some a, a bunch of stuff from for Pathfinder and Starfinder. And that's not all. I mean, there's, there's a whole list here. There's 100 different items on here um, oh, wow. from a whole range of different companies. So if if you, you can go onto their site and you can use their store locator and you can check and see if there's a store near you participating. And if there is, get down there on July the 25th, try and get there early before the stuff runs out and just pick mm-hmm. up a free, you know, a free, a free goodie. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can uh, if you can buy something to support your store that's well, yeah, still open, do that too. Yeah, 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 do that, do that, <laughs> do that, do that too. Don't just go down there, and get a free thing, and leave. That's just. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would have done in, uh, when I was a kid, right? Like, <laughs> well, I remember yeah. doing that during yeah. Free RPG Day. <laughs> yeah, well, it's based on Free Comic Book Day, isn't it? Which isn't yeah. something I've ever I've ever been to, but I assume quite a lot of people just go to a comic book store, grab yeah. a comic, and leave. I don't know. I don't know quite. 
what the what the participation level is on that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, all the popular stuff tends to go pretty quick, right? The the mm. Spider-Man stuff or the Pathfinder stuff. Um, mm. But Free RPG Day is great to find new stuff too, right? Mm. Like, um, so uh, there's a, there's so many RPGs out there. I would go broke trying to buy them all, but like yeah. finding yeah. finding something new and seeing like, oh yeah, this is cool uh, is, yeah. is always great. So, and let, you know, let some kid find the Pathfinder thing because you already know how Pathfinder works, right? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you pick up something like Kids on Bikes or something you've never even heard of, oh. that is, you know, that is the really fun side of it. Exactly. I, mean, I kind of think they should give you a random thing so you don't even get to choose. Oh, right. So you don't necessarily gravitate towards the popular yeah. thing, and you just pick, you, you end up with this obscure thing which you happen to fall in love with. Yeah, you roll a d100, and then yeah. they give you whatever you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we've got a whole list. Uh, you know, uh, PaizoCon was taking place over the last week or so. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they went online because the um, the, uh-huh. the physical event was cancelled for obvious obvious reasons. Uh-huh. We went through all the upcoming Starfinder releases last week. Mm-hmm. But there's also a big old list of upcoming Pathfinder releases. Mm. And, mm. well, let's just say Paizo doesn't hold back when it comes to release schedules, does it? I mean, they know so <laughs> much. Of, they're, they're like, you know what we want? We want to get all the stuff out there. When? Now. Yes. <laughs> could, could, could we stagger it a bit? No. Yeah. <laughs> all the releases now. <laughs> yeah. I do, I, do, I do like, you know, it's they're very different to Wizards of the Coast, just the general approach and strategy, because Wizards is kind of, a few yeah. really big events throughout the year and get yeah. everyone focused on those and make each mm-hmm. one of those a massive bestseller. Whereas, yeah. uh, whereas Paizo is more like, you know, we've got stuff coming out every single month and right. each thing we're going to, you know, promote and then move on to the next. And it's a really solid kind of ongoing release schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's it's interesting to see the difference because that Paizo strategy used to be in like the three, five and four E days was the Wizards of the Coast strategy, right? Mm, something every mm, month and something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like Wizards is focused on like you said, those big bestsellers, but also then getting more people into the game, right? Like can yeah, we keep yeah. can these massive events get you so excited that your best friend who never played before buys a player's mm. handbook or whatever? Um yeah. yeah. I think it was oh, yeah, it was Lisa Stevens back. Mm-hmm. I think it was during that brief period, there was like those uh, two or three years when uh Pathfinder was um was the most popular RPG. Because right. uh, it was coming towards the end of fourth edition, uh, fifth edition hadn't been announced yet, so it was in that kind of uh, dip. And she was talking about kind of like the roles and the responsibilities as a market leader. Mm-hmm. And she was just saying that, uh, and I, I'm, I'm really paraphrasing here because this was years ago, but uh, she was basically saying that as, as you find yourself in that position, as you find yourself in the position of being the current market leader, you also find it's incumbent on you to bring in the new players. Because you're the only one who can, really. I mean, right. other people can do a bit, but really, you're the the market leader. Is the person who's got the the, the clout to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, and and that's huge, right? Because I think what happens is you play whatever game gets you into it for a couple of years mm. and then you start to realize like, oh, I could be a superhero or I could be yeah. a, you know, a time cop or whatever it is. And then you go to find that out. I could Wait, be. I am, I, am a, I am a superhero. What are you talking about? <laughs> Beard man. No, we Beard man. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> no, we know Russ is a superhero because he keeps dying of things. They get better. 
Yes, that is true. That Classic is true. superhero. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we were talking about uh, Pathfinder's release schedule. Uh, you know, Bestery or Bestery 2 released quite recently. Mm-hmm. Guess what we announced? Bestery 3. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. I was, I was just guessing. I was like, no. Oh, don't you get this joke? No, they've gone for Bestery 3. Really? Yes. <laughs> March 2021. So it's a year away. Nearly a year yeah. away. <laughs> um, yeah, they've, they've announced it. Um, wow. They've posted some cover art for it, which has like a uh, skeleton knight with a lance on a skeleton horse of some kind. That's cool. Skeleton knight on a skeleton horse. Yes, skeleton knight on a skeleton okay. horse. And his lance has some heads on it stuck on the end. So he's obviously <laughs> just been, I don't know, beheading people with his lance. I'm not entirely sure how that <laughs> happened, but... Um, <laughs> I guess he's just reading to kebabs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, but there's no information about it yet, other than the fact that it's coming out next year. Oh, oh gotcha. Uh, they also announced uh, the Lost Omens Ancestry Guide. Mm. Uh, this is so Ancestry is obviously their name for race. Yes. Uh, and it's a whole bunch of new character options, mainly for the existing ancestries, uh, but they are including some new ones. Oh. As yet, I do not know what they are. So I guess we'll find yeah. out. And that also cool. has some cover art, which has a green mm-hmm. lizard person with a spiky punk haircut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, it's actually quite blurry. A, a small... Yeah, it looks like, like a centaur, but with an insect body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a half grasshopper, half person yeah <laughs> i'm not sure well i mean we're such uh <laughs> i mean i, I want to play it but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah i don't know what it is uh, just a, a lady with a staff standing is that a staff in each hand actually she's got oh yeah Multi-staff. might be a mat mat oh maybe maybe yeah yeah uh what else what else was there um yeah advanced player's guide which is their, their their big big player focusing um uh, hardcover, which is coming out soon. They released the cover art of that by Wayne Reynolds, who does all of their cover art. It's got that very distinctive um uh, Pathfinder style. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we have is a boat being chased by, I guess it's a sea dragon of some kind, some kind of sea serpent. Oh. Very, very nice action piece. And this, uh, this big sea serpent's got his mouth open wide. And Ooh. one of the characters in the boat is holding up a staff, which is glowing red. I don't think that boat looks like it's going to last long, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Unless they pull something really clever out of the hat there. Ah, that's what players for. Well, there is that. There is that. There is that. Uh, what else did they release? Uh, yeah, the contents of November's beginner box. We've got a nice mm-hmm. picture of that. Yeah. So you can see all the uh, character cards, you can see the character sheets, you can see all the tokens, you can see the maps, uh the two the rule book and the adventure book, uh the dice, all the all the different stuff. I think oh. I think it's reasonable to say the Paizo is kind of probably I'd say the best at doing these beginner boxes. They are absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they're a little more expensive than some of the others because they do have a lot of stuff in them. So maybe, oh, right. you know, maybe they're not geared at the drop $20 and you've got one, but so much stuff in them. They're just everything you need to start a game. And they're gorgeous. Oh. I mean, if you're, if you're looking to get into Pathfinder 2, I reckon that's the way to do it because the core rule book might be a bit intimidating. It's quite, oh. 
It's quite hefty. I have found the core robot to be pretty intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I liked it. I tried to read it, but yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff to remember. But as we so did establish, it is in fact one page less than D&D's Player's Handbook and Dungeon Master's Guide added together. There you Bold go. of you to assume that I've read both the PHP <laughs> and the TMG. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Tales from the Loop. Yes. Mm. The starter set is here. Oh, fantastic. Uh, it was announced, well, Modifius announced. Obviously, it's produced by Free League. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But Modifius has their uh, has has their fingers in every single pie in town, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, including my own games. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, Modifius's web store now has the free uh, league Tales from the Loop starter set, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, for those who don't know, it's uh, Tales from the Loop is that sort of beautiful, gorgeous Swedish game. Based on based on that sort of weird kind of uh, how do you describe that art that has just like alien machines in the middle of cornfields and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a combination of um, like sort of like a watercolor style art I feel uh, like vaguely impressionist and yeah. they've also got whacked in there a mix of a pastoral scene and then stuff. Uh, Jacob um, ah. His name's completely gone. Do you know what I mean? The guy who did the stuff for Scythed board game, which essentially is uh, Russian peasants in a scene, and then there's giant steam-powered mecha rolling mm. along behind them, like the world's like most terrifying steam-powered attack. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Also, well, a show just... on Amazon now, right? Yeah, like, have, you, have you seen it? Uh, I have. It is so. Uh, take like Stranger Things. And then oh. take out all of the fun and make it very <laughs> sad, right? Oh. So like, and it's good. It's oh. it's it's well done and everything, but it is uh, like a very very sad show to watch. So if that's your I, thing, uh, great. But I did not for start me. watching the first episode. Is it an anthology or is it a single? so it's it's an anthology with like a little bit of a through story right right? like it follows there are some of the same characters in it and everything but mostly each episode is its own story in the same town yeah Yeah. i mean i i did start watching the first episode and it's mainly this little girl just wandering around in the woods and not saying anything for about 45 minutes (laughs) yep and i did struggle to watch (laughs) that's not fair go on get out that's not how that went at all um yeah i just felt it was a bit okay um like it was saying oh wow look at our crazy sci-fi ideas and if you're a big fan of sci-fi and i've been like spending 30 plus years looking at it less amazing than perhaps they thought it was sure like, sure I'm sort of getting the end of the story because it's like other stuff i've read and come across several times in different iterations so i was like okay well i see what they're doing it's also quite slow paced, which is mm. lovely. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get lost following it. You're going to be able to enjoy it. You're going to have people who say, "Oh, what's that thing?" You know, because they'll know. They'll, yeah. you, it's, I think it's, it's all kind of, showing because it's based on an art book. I think a lot of the focus is on the imagery and just allowing you to just to sort of wallow in that just gorgeous, you know, mm-hmm. setting. Oh, it's beautiful. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Don't don't take what I said as like a criticism 
of like it's a it's not oh, it's sure. not for me but i can definitely see it. it's very very beautiful definitely mm. yeah if you love sad dads and robots you're gonna love tales from the loop that is the name of my next kickstarter sad dads uh, and robots i am 100 percent alongside sad dads robots that's the best name ever <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this box set um, uh, it's uh, it's available now from Modifice's web store. Uh, you get an illustrated rule book. You get a, a mystery, which is what they call an adventure for called the Recycled Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, five pre-gens, a big full color map, and ten dice for everything you need to play there. Wow, that's a lot of dice. Yeah, that's quite a lot of dice actually. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Ten dice. Yeah. It's an odd number. Yeah. Oh. Like, there's one you get four, six, eight, ten, twelve, twenty, maybe two twenties. I'm only getting seven, even allowing for advantage, so, yeah. Yeah. But that's D20. Or maybe you get a couple of D6s or something, I don't know. Yeah, something extra. It's an odd number. It doesn't form a cube. Like, I'd expect, like, nine dice. Maybe you get a special funky dice. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Remain a mystery. (laughs) 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 There's no possible way to find out, either. It's just impossible to find out. There's just no way you can discover that. No way we'll ever know. (laughs) It's not for us to understand. (laughs) It's one of those 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 mysteries that will go down in history. (laughs) In centuries past, they'll still be wondering the mystery. Yeah. Of the like ten dice. Which ten <laughs> dice was it? Did anyone ever find out? No. Did anyone consider looking inside? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done for the news. Nice. That was short and sweet. Okay. Hey, Is I, was, that everything? I, I wrote an RPG this week. Oh, did you? Yeah. you did, didn't you? In about you 24 did. hours, I whipped together an RPG which I'm calling the Awfully Cheerful System. Uh, with an exclamation mark at the end and it it kind of started as a love letter to West End Games the now defunct West End Games Ghostbusters RPG from the 80s I love that game fantastic game so it started like that and then over the the course of that 24 hours it just became this sort of generic action comedy uh, Ghostbusters, talking animals, uh, robots, <laughs> spacemen, ninjas—you know everything. Mm. <laughs> um, you just went full ma- You just went full manga, didn't you? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and uh, it came out to about thirty pages. Uh, oh, and mm-hmm. I was—I was doing it as half, you know, not not full size A four pages, but like you know, like a comic book. Oh, oh yeah. sure. So if I was—I was imagining you'd, you'd get this rule book and you would print it on comic book paper. And it would be the size of a comic book, and it's like under 30 pages for the entire thing. And you sell it for like $2 or something. Really, really cheap. And it's an entire RPG. Yeah. And then you also sell like adventures, which are an adventure and a setting in one. Oh, cool. Again, under 30 pages, really designed for a one-shot. And one adventure might be just like a Ghostbusters type thing. Another one might be talking animals. Another one might be some kind of space-based thing. And everyone's, each one's completely different, designed for a one-shot, new yeah. characters, new setting. Yeah. So it's, you can basically play inside of an evening. Yeah. yeah. Like, irregular GM's like, oh, I'm sorry, guys, can't make it anyway. Yeah. Aha! But yeah. I have. Yeah, What's sorry. the name of your system? Sorry? What's the name of the system? It's the Awfully Cheerful System. You've got the Ace System. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, yes. Are you correct? That is the initials of the system. 
It's time to play our favorite game. It's time to play the game. Our favorite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Hey, do you know what time it is? Oh, is it better time? <laughs> it's hammer time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <this> is... <laughs> no, I think it's time we played our favorite game in all the world. Oh, our favorite game in all the world ever. Yay! <laughs> what, what's the wait, wait, what's the full name of our favorite game in all our the world? Our favorite ever? game in all the world where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you guess what it is from just that name. <laughs> and a fantastic display of efficiency. That is the name of the game. And also the entire rule set. <laughs> Good times. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's play. You know how this goes, don't you, James? I do. You you say the name of a Kickstarter, and then we try to guess what it is. Yeah. Uh, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. All right, James. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, go on, James. What is Tiny Thunderscape? Tiny Thunderscape? Mm. It's a game where you are all different Thor action figures uh, <laughs> who are trying to save the toy store from evil teddy bears. That's my that's my guess. That's my guess. That is what I want it to be. Sadly, it is not. But if you if you do bring that game to Kickstarter, I will be your first backer. I promise. <laughs> I think I think you could use the uh, awfully cheerful system probably to I think create you that game. Could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, probably could. <laughs> uh, especially since this is uses the Tiny D six system. Oh, mm. do you have to have extra small D6s? I don't actually know like how that. the tiny D6 system is wor- works, but I'm assuming do it's a very, mean- very rules-like system with just D6s, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Or it, do they do they mean D4s and they just call D4s tiny D6s because they <laughs> they have fewer sides? Oh, they call, the- call those caltrops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I found, for some reason... Every D4 that I've got in my box, every single one of them is so badly designed because it's got... When I say badly designed, they've got so much um, artistic stuff around the numbers. Uh And on a D4, uh you haven't got a lot of space to play with on one side. So you throw the (laughs) dice and you look at it and I'm just like, I have no idea what I've just rolled. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking at that and it's just this swirling mess of, you know, Cthulhu-esque tentacles and stuff. And somewhere in there there's a number, I'm sure, but I can't see it. (laughs) D4s, they should always be clear. Mm -hmm. Some people really love... I I actually hate, um, like, fiddly dice. Like, I find them quite annoying. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Mm. Uh, well, anyway, Thunderscape. Uh, mm. So it uses the Tiny D6 system. Uh, it's going to cost you $35. And for that, you'll get the PDF and the uh, soft cover of the book, plus a PDF starter kit. And it is a fantasy world of horror and industry, a world of magic and wonder where sorcery and technology develop separately from one another, unable to be merged until the discovery of a miraculous mineral called Marmite. No, Manite. (laughs) 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 Which could hold enchantments permanently. Exciting. That's fun. It does sound fun. 
Uh, it's doing really well as well. Uh, they had a $4,000 goal. They're at $6,000 with a, with a week to go. Oh, well, congratulations, Tiny Thunderscapes. Yeah. Right then. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> right then, Peter. Yes? I do believe it's your turn. Oh, are you sure? I thought it would be James' go, because no one gets this. <laughs> 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 um, for you, I think we will go with roll and play. Is that R double O R O double L? R O double L and play, which is P L A Y, and and is spelled A N D. Roll and play. Roll and play. Oh, you say well, that's just where you actually spelled that out for me because um, I missed. I thought you were just saying role play because you might not too much. You should try speaking. This important. Maybe like all this. Just because you have a beard now doesn't mean you can start mumbling into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You're just right. jealous uh, of my beard. Oh, absolutely. It's a glorious yeah, ginger yeah. as well. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, all the best people's beards grow ginger. Yeah, a little fleck of, <laughs> fleck of grey over here. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Yes. Um, so, roll and play. Um, well, I'm confused uh, because to me, roll and play would be a historical book not well not historical per se but it's like it's going to be a book talking about like the various sort of role-playing systems and um it would be a kickstarter to put together like uh, a big set of advice and looking at all the different sort of systems that have arised and where the arisen arisen arised lol uh, anyway uh, see where they come from and so forth and put together so and look at the various uh, the latest and greatest thinking on it because we've gone through a couple of iterations from the GNS to like the more modern stuff, where it's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're we're a bit more vague about it. So, I guess that's what I go with. Like, so you're saying a book a, about a, RPGs as opposed mm-hmm. to an RPG? It's a book about RPGs would be a way to do it. Yeah. To do it, so yeah, I guess it's not that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a, a system neutral book of tables and generators. <laughs> so just lots and lots of tables to create random background characters and tavern interiors, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, nine to four uh-huh. pages, uh, uh-huh. uh, loot, treasure generators, setting inspiration, or, you know, just a pile of dice and a bunch of tables and you just roll stuff up and you, uh, mm-hmm. you come up with random stuff. Uh-huh. Nice. How's that doing? It's doing very well. It's, uh, it's got a week to go. Uh, yeah, it had a one thousand pound goal. It's currently mm-hmm. at sixty eight thousand eight hundred and fifty one pounds. Don't you wish you'd thought Whoa. of it? <laughs> 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 wow. I, I think it's That's one of those great. things that you do you do see from time to time. I think there's been sort of iterations of this idea over yeah. the years, lots and lots of times. And there's websites that do it, and there's online generators and stuff like that. But it's always nice to have a nice colourful book in your hand at the table which you can mm-hmm. just flip open and just say oh I need a I need a, a tavern drink um, yeah. yeah right now and you just roll it and you get fizzy elf um, right stuff I don't know fizzy elf yeah. stuff <laughs> this is why I didn't write that book because the best I could come up with is fizzy elf stuff <laughs> uh, so it looks like both of you have scored zero Okay, 
Your Jedi Starfighter manages to barely avoid a crash landing as you skid across the landing deck, sparks flying, somehow managing not to smash into one of several parked Imperial shuttles in the Star Destroyer's immense hangar. Oh man, this is great! Your Starfighter screeches to a stop as the cockpit pops open. Oh man, alright, can I jump out using the inertia of the skid to propel myself and land in front of some stormtroopers and ignite my lightsaber? Absolutely. It's lavender, you know. Yes, yes, you have a lavender-coloured lightsaber. I've allowed that. It's not purple. Right, lavender, not purple. Mace Windu's lightsaber wasn't purple either. Well, pretty sure it was, wasn't it? Nah, nah, it was amethyst, not purple. Common mistake, though. Uh, uh, right, so you're standing in front of a squad of stormtroopers. For the moment, they appear flummoxed, considering the last thing they would expect to see in the Empire is a Jedi with a lightsaber. Too right. Right, I brandish my lightsaber above me. Yes. And I say with a dramatic flourish. Yes. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Uh, what? You clearly said you wanted your character to be grown in a vat and have no parents. Ah, but it sounds so cool. Look, can we just change it so my father was a Jedi instead? I want to just, like, say that a lot. Do remember you asked me to create this entire unfolding campaign around the fact that you were grown in the vat and want to discover your place in the galaxy? Well, yeah. I spent a lot of time on that. Yeah, yeah, but but now let's just make the campaign around the fact that I'm a Jedi, confident in who he is, and following in the proud footsteps of his father, and seeking to restore the Jedi Order and overthrow the Empire. Yeah, let's... Let's say I've been fighting a run-and-gun, one-man war against the Empire for months now. Hmm. Oh, come on. This GMing stuff isn't hard. I think you GMs make it sound like it is just to get chicks. Um, I... I what? That is that is wrong on so many levels. Just... just, you know, do some... do some GM stuff. Wave your hands at it or something. You've heard of the say yes to your players style of GMing, right? Say yes to my plans. You know what? You're right. Let me make some quick adjustments. <laughs> That's more like it. Right. Okay. You're standing in front of the squad of stormtroopers, only now they don't seem very flummoxed. You notice they all have their blaster rifles trained coolly upon you. Uh... The squad leader says, Good job IDing that incoming craft as the last Jedi starfighter we've been looking for, ENW-759. What? Thanks, TK2510, with the Emperor's orders about this Jedi being so important, I've been making an extra effort. What? You noticed that there was a huge propaganda banner featuring your image on one of the hangar's bulkheads. Written under it in Orobesh are the words. By the crew of the Emperor, public enemy number one, rogue Jedi. Implement order 66 protocols on site. What? The squad leader speaks up. Good thing we've had plenty of lead time, Jedi traitor. All the 66 protocols were underway before you ever made it to the hangar. Wait, 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 wait. Just hold on. Squad upon squad of stormtroopers begin marching into the vast hangar from every direction. Their thundering white boots in a lockstep of doom. Dozens of blaster turrets pop out of the upper deck of the hangar and zero in on you. There's a loud series of clanking noises as half a dozen scout walkers limber into view and point their turrets directly at you. I'm not sure what's happening. Just giving the players what they want. What would you like to do? 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. I prepare to deflect blaster bolts with my lightsaber. Oh, oh, good plan. Um, let's see, sounds reasonable. I'll need... Ooh, call it... Uh, 20, 16, Yeah, about 300 deflection rolls, please. Right, yeah, I make 197 of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good. Well done. So, uh, 103 blast bolts slam into you for a total of uh, 568 damage. Right, now for the Scout Walkers. Hmm, I don't think I like this campaign. Let's talk about some fantastic layers, shall we? Yes. Oh, yes, let's. So, this is a Kickstarter, which is killing it right now. Mm-hmm. 24 Thank grand you. so far in, what, three days? Yes, yeah, yeah. So, we've we've been doing pr- pretty well. Uh, and we, uh, you know, it's been... It's been a wild ride, so uh, we've been reaching out to people who've been helping us and stuff. So thank you to everybody who has already checked out the Kickstarter and, and backed it and uh, and made this happen. So because we're funded uh, as of uh, like as of the first day, we, mm. we we made our funding goal and everything like that, and now we have some stretch goals. Essentially, we're adding to the book yeah. uh, as we go. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so this book basically fun. is a collection of boss monsters and their lairs ready to be plugged into any game yeah exactly that's the idea right it's a 5e book where um we've got a bunch of different boss monsters and short lairs that you can drop in uh it it sort of started uh there was a fourth edition book called Dungeon Delve um, that I really loved that was, uh, you know, like three and four room dungeons that you could expand and drop into games. And so um, me and Mike Shea were talking about that. We were talking about working together and that came up. And then uh, Mike brought up this idea of like, you know, what would be cool is if each one of those had a boss encounter in them Mm. because boss encounters should be special. They take more work and more prep uh, a lot of the time. So like, how can, we how can we make very special boss encounters that are related to the lair and then it turns out that that idea actually came from mike's wife michelle had Mm. said to him you should do this uh so so we were talking about that and then um scott gray got on board scott gray has edited uh, a whole bunch of books um like he's his name is in every fifth edition book almost every fourth and a uh, bunch of third edition books and mm. stuff um so he's a and he's great he's a designer too he does all this other he does layout he's he really doesn't need me or mike you know um he's letting oh. us come along for the ride <laughs> uh and uh, uh so yes yeah, so that's exactly what it is is we wanted to give this book of little layers that you can make like a one-shot adventure with or we have a bunch of story hooks in there that you can like lead up to the dramatic encounter right with the green dragon and the trolls in its lair or that Mm. kind of thing so yeah it's fun well yeah what i like about it also is because uh when i very first heard about it i was assuming it was just going to be a bunch of really really high challenge monsters right right uh, but when I when I looked into it, I was you know pleasantly surprised to find that you you're going right from you know the whole range of different challenges, so that you can you can you know a boss a boss doesn't necessarily mean a challenge twenty monster, yeah. It, right? You, yeah, a uh, first level party has a boss too, 
And I think I, yeah. I think I just hadn't quite got that in my head when I first heard about oh, it yeah, until yeah. I actually looked at it. Yeah. yeah. Like if you, if you come across a book there, uh, as a level one party, it's like, oh, yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the exact idea, right? These are, uh, they're encounters that can be the end of a campaign. Mm. You know, we'll, we'll have that kind mm-hmm. of thing if you want it, but we've also got like, you know, what is, what is the, the end of a story arc the end of a, a, a little Ooh. adventure look like, right? Like you, you want a fun battle there too. So we think of boss monsters as the fun challenges you meet along the way. Mm. Right. Um, the, and each, each layer, you know, when we think about like a proper dungeon, right. Mm. Uh, has one of these monsters in it usually. And so that's us. Yeah. We were thinking about like, what is, let's make a bunch of these and let's make them fun. Right. Like mm. we tried to make a bunch of different layers and we also, tried to do things that haven't been done a bunch before right Mm. so like there's a zillion goblin bosses and goblin layers that have been well done right so our first level encounter is this um fey touched like uber cockatrice basically and and all of its cockatrice babies that are running around (laughs) and can turn you to stone like just for a little bit right like just for a couple minutes uh (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so like there's I, i was petrified once were you? I got better. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's Russ's so, joke. I've stolen it, Russ. I'm sorry. Yeah, you stolen, stolen Russ's joke. To be fair, I, to be fair, I stole it from Monty Python, so I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I was going to say that that was stolen yeah. to begin with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it did sound funny. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of where it, it comes from, right? Is uh, is that we wanted to make a book that was. Uh, that had some good boss layers that you could use at any level that also were unexpected. Like mm. when, when you buy a book, you don't want the people to feel like, well, I could have done this myself. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's a big part of it too is, um, is that, and then like, you know, we, we have this preview right now. If people want to grab, it's two free layers, go use it uh, mm. and, and see if you like it and all that I, kind I, of stuff. I love the second one in that big, is it a spoiler if I say what it is? I don't. Ah, th- uh, yeah, go well, for it. I say go preview, for it. Yeah, yeah, it's in Take the preview. Well, say yeah. it, and if, if it's not good, then we'll just set it out because that's well, not no, right. just, <laughs> just, just listen. Yeah, I'm going to say it, and if, yeah. if you think yeah. it's a spoiler, just forget I said it. Problem solved. Right, exactly. There that's we not go. How that works exactly. Not a problem. Yeah, just skip ahead like thirty seconds, <laughs> and we'll be fine. Yeah, that's exactly how memory works. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's this big uh, mechanical dragon. More like a vehicle mm-hmm. than a dragon, which when you first encounter it, it look you, you think you're uh, you're 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 meeting a, an actual red dragon. Yes, but when, what it is in fact is basically a mobile lair, mechanical mobile oh. lair. It's a fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then what? You have to fight the lair to get inside it, and then yeah. So you've got to you've got to like find your way in, right? You can uh, first you got to figure out what it is, right? That, mm-hmm. So that's the first part, and then you have to uh, find the hatch on top of it, or or bust out the windows in its mm-hmm. eyes, or find some way in, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then inside, it's filled with it's got a delicious cobalt center, you know, um, <laughs> filled with with cobalts and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's making me hungry. Mm-hmm. I do. I do mm-hmm. like a nice oh, little crunchy cobalt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. could go for one. So, so how, how many? Oh, how many? Yeah. How many are there? How many of these layers? Because they look like they're sort of what about ten pages each. yeah so yeah so each layer is probably about five five pages there's a map for each one right Mm -hmm. obviously and and art to show you the boss monster and then there's advice uh about how to build your own and and how to use them right like we we want you to be able so each layer has a an optimized level that goes with it Mm -hmm. but then we also write advice for like hey 
if you want to use this map, mm-hmm. but your party's level three, uh, swap out the creatures or your party's lower level, right? Than than oh, this layer, like mm-hmm. sl- sl- slide these in. Your boss monster could be this instead. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's we have a bunch of optional things we wanted to make it modular and really easy to fit in your game and right now i think we've got 14 layers so far mm. um because we've we're hitting stretch goals so yeah. uh i'm just gonna do that and and uh and the goal will be if we hit every stretch goal um uh which is uh uh soon it's coming up we'll have a total of uh, thir- uh, 20 layers 20 layers one I for each think, level of play I think you're going to do that a lot yeah. sooner than <laughs> the end of the, I, the end of the campaign yeah yeah and we're yeah we're actually at 16 right now yeah, so yeah. um yeah we're we're closing in on the next stretch goal uh so maybe who knows maybe even by the time this this podcast goes live yeah, we'll uh we'll be, be there over. so we'll see <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well no this goes out tomorrow uh maybe 20 yeah, by tomorrow? we'll see maybe we'll see We'll see. So we'll you see how things goes. <laughs> so Anything's you- possible in in the year twenty twenty. Um, so <laughs> apparently, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, you lost things making rumbling noises. Mm. <laughs> can we have a new can we have a new random encounter table because the DM's clearly bored? <laughs> could they stop? So you got have you got apart from the two uh, uh, previewed on the on the Kickstarter? Have you got a favorite favorite one that we haven't seen yet? Ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, so there's actually a one of the the last stretch goals that we will see is a Tarask Lair uh, that is a lot of fun. Um, and so the idea is you're in this facility that was actually made to, you, you know, I think people have a lot of problems with the five E Tarask because it doesn't have like a ranged sort of attack right and so it's you know this whole you could fly up in a kite and just use acid splash and kill it to death meanwhile the tarask has destroyed entire cities and and laid waste in the time it took you to do that but so the idea is it's this facility that's meant to house the tarask and the tarask breaks out but is still like held within the walls of it Mm -hmm. and so you have to go in and put the tarask back in its cage right uh is the idea but you can't Um, fly over it Exactly, because yeah. it's close quarters, right? And so, uh, so yeah. So it'll, uh, yeah, and there's so, all kinds so of. So what I'm hearing is is a really long trail of chocolate biscuits because everyone knows <laughs> trusts of chocolate biscuits. They do love chocolate biscuits. My my favorite there that I ever did was uh, yes. so you know the beholder that you know the poor little beholder kind of weak little sort of creature you know nothing to be scared of really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know they're, they're, they're pretty milk toast as I understand yeah. it. So you take a beholder. You give it armor, big, thick, iron armor, spiky armor. So it's this mm-hmm. basically this floating sphere, armored sphere right. with jagged bits on it and big gnashing teeth on the front. So a murder sphere, yeah, a That's big sorry. murder sphere. Yeah. And then yeah. you make its lair. It's a mm-hmm. bunch of tunnels, <laughs> horizontal <laughs> and vertical. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically this network of horizontal and vertical so you walk it your adventurers are walking along and this armored beholder rises out of the ground basically out of a vertical tunnel and it's only like five foot wide still or ten foot wide or whatever right rises out of the ground blasts you with its eyes and then just continues to rise up into the ceiling and then just disappears into the network and you don't know where it's going to come down next and just sort of like so it kind of does it's like alien almost it just like suddenly 
comes out of the ground or out of the out of the ceiling. Oh, I thought I thought I thought it just comes straight towards you with its um, antimatic zone. And it's like, oh well, I suppose I used to have defensive spells, <laughs> but now I'm a squishy man in a bathrobe. Uh, being stabbed <laughs> by a spiked murder ball. <laughs> this is not going super well for me, guys. Yeah. It's not going super well. I'm now, now wondering if the armor could close up just to turn it into just a solid sphere with spikes, and it could just roll. So it could roll itself. It. Oh <laughs> yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> there, there, there you go, James. You're welcome. Sequel. It's now, fine. Just buy a spike. I think. <laughs> I think what that lair also needs then is a purple worm, right? That's also <coughs> making new tunnels. It's making the tunnels. Uh, yeah. as, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the obvious evolution from having the gelatinous cube going down corridors, cleaning everything up. You've got a purple worm instead of doing it. Well, you've got the gelatinous <laughs> cube as well. He's, he's coming after the beholder and the... And the right. Right. Yeah, to, right. To do the cleaning. Get the bits. So, so it's yes. nice and tidy for the next group of adventurers to come in and get... Because exactly. you don't want to leave the yeah, no, You don't want to leave the bones on the ground, do you? Because they'll, they'll get suspicious. Yeah. Right, that, that, right. That's careless. Like, yeah. And also, then you can't have... Uh, Bob the floating skeleton. So exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. But anyway, that's, that's good to say, guys. I'm, I've got to sort <laughs> <Yeah>. it out. <laughs> so, but back so to our like to Apologise to all the players out there who are like, <laughs> "You, mate, you listen to this podcast." It's like, you should have been nicer. You bought snacks. You had your chance. You blown it. This is this is what you get. <laughs> so what what I love about Mike Shay's stuff. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I, the Kickstarter's under his name. I, what's the sort of um, yes. distribution of, of, you know, writing notes so, between the three of you? So between Mike and I, it's uh, we're half and half on the writing here. Right. So and and what happens is we've divided up the layers where uh, each one of us will start them. Right. Well, I'll do a rough draft of ten. Mike will do a rough draft of ten. We, we're they're pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll switch back and forth and scott is there and he is there to weigh in on everything he's like an equal partner and he does the final edit right. um and he's laying everything out and he's doing all the art directing and and that kind of thing so yeah yeah we're we're all equal partners in, in mm. this one for sure so the layout is gorgeous yeah um, it i mean really it's such is. an important thing as well and i think like the people who do lay out in books are so important because that makes yes. or breaks a book often i think it really does, and I think it's the the difference between you know uh, seeing if something is uh, is professional or or a little more amateur, right? Mm. And and I know because I am bad at layout, <laughs> yeah, I cannot too, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's a surprisingly tricky it's skill. No, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about fantastic layers. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was saying about how what I liked about Mike Shea's stuff uh, generally. I mean, he's known for being a, a DM advice guy. He's mm-hmm. written books on it. Return of the Lazy DM. Yeah, he's written books on Being, it. He uh, tweets a compilation of all the best. Yeah, advice. he tweets DM tips all the time. He's you know he's a he's he's a, he's a guy that really sort of knows his stuff and likes to share it. Yes, definitely. But definitely. I noticed that you also have in the book, at least in the preview pages that I saw, you have these little sidebars where it will just say like Mike's thoughts or Scott's thoughts mm-hmm. or stuff like that. So I love the way that you've got little. DM tips just in the book, just a sidebar, yes. and they each come from a from one of you specifically as well, which I thought was a nice touch. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's, um, you know, it's because sometimes we don't agree. Mm. And uh, so, like, we Ooh. were talking about this first level layer with the cockatrice. Yeah. And Mike was like, well, oh. we all agree DM should be nice at first level, right? And because characters are, are squishier and easy to kill. And mm. I said, no, that's when death means something, right? You're, you're not one oh. revivify spell away from just coming back to life. Right. And so, uh, so he and I were like, well, we're each going to write our own sort of thing about this. Okay. And then Scott was like well i'm kind of in the middle right like i'm like do do whatever is fun for you and we're like well that sounds reasonable and smart uh so uh so yeah so we we all wrote them up and we kind of took there's a little inspiration from that in the 13th age book yes 13th age book yeah yeah jonathan tweet and rob heinsu are are right Mm. back and forth yeah and they've got like this marvelous sort of almost a back and forth where they're like putting forward their various ideas yeah uh I really like I, that. No, I always do like it when a book has, you know, design notes or thoughts from the writer mm-hmm. in a sidebar like that. I mean, we've done it as yeah. well in mythological, mythological figures. We've got design notes for each monster where Mike talks about that's cool. You know how he, how he, you know what how he approached each one and what what he was trying to do and how he worked out what the CR was and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah. but I think I think it's like the different voices and the different mm. opinions that you can have a disagreement. Um, which is really not resolvable. Like, as basically what's fun for me may well not be fun for you. So it's like important to have that conversation and mm-hmm. say, well, actually, I think this is fun. Hmm. Yeah. So that's very good. Yeah. 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 I think the the big thing for us, right, the, is that we really wanted to make it easy on DMs and, and fun for DMs. Mm. And so. I think the big thing is because every group is different, right? We we wanted to provide all these options, including talking about uh, how do you make the battle harder mid-fight? Because I think that mm. boss battles in particular, right? Mm. Like if you if you have a bunch of uh, goblins and your players run roughshod over a room of goblins, you don't really mm. care that much, right? Like mm. that's that's kind of what yeah. goblins are there for. And uh, but this big boss counter that maybe you've spent a couple sessions building up to, you kind of want to be fun, right? And you want it to be hard and you want it to be that scene in the movie where like everybody has uh, just a few hit points left mm-hmm. at the very end and you're out of spells and uh, and maybe maybe one or two people have died. Um, it depends on uh, mm-hmm. how, how into, uh, how fetish, how fetishize, how much you fetishize like a uh, player character death, right? right. Um, but, uh, uh, but all, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And so we talk a lot in the book about like, how you can make battles harder or easier if it's like, oh, I, this is way too hard and I, I didn't realize that mm. uh, during the game, right? And without revealing that you're doing it. And the first thing is like, hit points right you can you have your your oh. hand on the hit point dial and you can dial that way up or way down mm. depending on what's right yeah, and yeah. you also have your hand on the damage dial you know your your mm-hmm. damage is a is another variable that suddenly your your monsters can start doing more damage and stuff but then the other yeah. things is like introducing a complication right like the greatest boss mm. fights aren't just about beating our big sack of hit points right exactly right like yeah. when you think about uh, Luke Skywalker fighting Darth Vader, right? It, mm-hmm. One of the reasons that's great in Return of the Jedi is he doesn't want to kill Darth Vader, mm-hmm. right? He knows mm-hmm. he, there's this struggle of I don't want to kill you and you want to kill me and and that kind of thing. Or like hostages, right? Uh, there's prisoners there mm-hmm. and they're slowly being lowered into a vat of acid. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff is like thinking about um, or in the uh, 
having the lair suddenly uh, start to tick because mm. maybe it's going to blow well, up, yeah. right? That kind so, of thing. So the objective basically isn't necessarily just hit the bad guy. The bad right. guy is there, but you have another task that you're trying to rescue the 12 villagers from the fire and get, exactly. them, to the, get them to safety while the bad guy is, you know, trying to kill you. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen some really nice ones. I remember there was an Adventurers League module. I forget who wrote it, but... Um, Essentially, there's a bunch of villagers tied to a wall. Mm. Zombies burst into the room and start going for feeding mm. time, while some lunatic mage at the top lugging, hocking firebolts at you, and you're like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. we kill the mage. See, I always the like mage, that sort of thing as well, because zombies first. basically aren't that much of a threat. But when you're right. not the target of the zombies, and you're trying to rescue yes. some villagers to whom they are a threat... That totally yeah. changes the dy- dynamic of the fight. And the villagers are chained to the wall, so it's like, well, I hope you took expertise in picking locks, Mr. Rogue. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a lot of dice time here. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that kind of thing is, it makes it w- way more fun. And you remember that, right? Like, that's a memorable mm. encounter. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, this was two, three years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember it yeah. very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and the other thing is, right, what, what you were saying, Russ, about your beholder layer, like, playing to the strength of the monster, right? We pick, we pick homes that are comfortable for us, mm. right? Our lairs, oh. uh, if you will, we, we try to make like uh, comfy and, and safe. And yeah. so like even a oh. even an owlbear is going to pick a place that's good for it to live as opposed to out, open in a field, mm. right? So we try to think about oh, yeah. that, right? The, the lich lives in a cave filled with poison gas because it doesn't care about poison gas, right? right? Yeah. And its enemies probably it do. It cockroaches down. It does. Like, you know, it's like, this is my favorite robe. If it gets eaten by like moths, that's a big issue for me. The person who made this died 200 years ago. <laughs> I thought we would get another one. So, yeah, of course, poison gas kills yeah. us moths. Yeah, and it doesn't bother your, your zombie henchmen or anything like that, no, right? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Thinking the the lair is like a it's a character uh, in the Ooh. in the battle, and so you got to think about like why would you pick this home that you would pick, mm. and how does it both mechanically but also sort of thematically yes. right? How's it cool? Yeah. So here's a question: uh, through, through the through the keyholes <laughs> there, who would live in a lair <laughs> like <Yeah>. this? <laughs> oh, that is a game. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. describe the lair like and guess, of thinking, Russ, guess huh? the occupant. Oh, I like that very much. That's right. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Let's try it. Inspired. Let's try it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. James, pick a lair from the book that we haven't seen. Describe the lair okay. and we'll try and guess what the occupant oh. is. Okay. All right. Uh, so. Oh, that's, that's very cruel, Russ. You're making, you're making James No, no, no. This is good. This is good. What they've actually written after they've gone through. It's going to be hard. It's going to be harder for us. <laughs> okay, ready? So this one is a it's yeah. a candy shop. Ooh, nice. It's a it's a sweet shop. But if you go into the basement, you'll find <laughs> statues of people made out of toffee. That are petrified. Nice. They're petrified. You'll find a uh, a living golem made Ooh. of chewed up taffy that's been like spit back out and Ooh. put together. Yeah. And uh, you will find a uh, a sweet old lady who is uh, who's running the store. Mm-hmm. When you say a sweet old lady, does she have like a suspiciously hissy head <laughs> uh, headscarf on? 
just asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, not uh, not suspiciously hissy headscarf, uh, but you're right to be suspicious of her. So she's say. not oh, a Medusa yeah. then. She's not a Medusa. Uh, I, don't, I mean, yeah, you've got a candy shop. It's it's full of people who've who've eaten candy that turns you to stone. I think this is actually secretly a hag who is running a sweet shop because this has children coming in all the time and there's nothing a hag likes more than uh, candy children. If some unfortunate people come in after saying, uh, have you seen my kids? She's like, oh yeah, have a piece of candy. Wait, wait, oh, well, oh. you're stoned now. Get in the basement. <laughs> uh, nailed it. You nailed it. Well, oh, that's okay. exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> you nailed Look. it in one. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was going mostly for a joke. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, that's brilliant. What 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 sort of levels that aimed at then? What? So that's le- aimed at a uh, level six mm. characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a, a night nice. hag yeah. uh, who's hanging out in there. Yeah, and you can. She's got a. Uh, so, and that's another one that's like a little bit of a surprise, yeah. right? You might go in there. Ooh. Uh, to hey, the last time this person was seen, they were seen here, mm. right? Uh, you buying your like, candy. Honestly, you could drop that straight into Curse of Strahd, and it would not be out of place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, that's I mean, true. It's really got hacks in there, so yeah, why not? Oh, that's so, true. They're, they're yeah. saying those dream candies and so forth. Sorry, oh yeah, yeah, the hacks in there. They're yeah. they're grinding up children to make uh yeah. to make those j- pies that uh and that, that, that's your proper spoiler right there mm. but, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah sorry sorry it's been out for four years we're good we're yeah. good uh, i'm just remembering how i mean those actually limitations on dnd modules one reason why this book appeals to me is because i remember curse of strad and i mm. it is my favorite of the uh official dnd sure. um adventures mm-hmm. but it's the problem that I had with it was my players were able to stomp all over Strahd fairly easily. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, yeah. inexperienced at running encounters or anything like that. Like, totally. You know, yeah. I, you know, I fixed that problem on the fly myself, so they didn't. But, you know, I can, <laughs> I, I can totally see if I'd run it as it is, he's dead in like three rounds. Yeah. A chance. So that is definitely why I appreciate, you know, the idea of a book like this, which not only gives you a whole bunch of different sort of fantastic layers and boss monsters, but also gives you advice on how mm-hmm. to use them, on on how to change them in mid-fight, and all that all that stuff that's just really, really, really useful to anyone who finds himself in that situation. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what we were going for. And I, there is nothing more disappointing right then hey we built up to strad you spent all your time finding this sun sword to go fight him mm. and, and all that kind of oh. thing and then uh oh wow the sun sword is so effective against him it doesn't really matter <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that, and that beating heart that he uh i can't remember, it was a few years ago now uh, there was a oh, heart that yeah. regenerated about 50 hit points to him total or something mm-hmm. like, yeah yeah the paladin can do that in one hit it's just it's so, almost inconsequential. Oh, uh, uh, okay, you have a slacker paladin who's not really, yeah. like, yeah, not really, that's a non-optimized yeah, paladin. exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. should we, we call it there? So uh, thanks so much for coming yeah. on, James. That was really, that was really yes. fun. Oh, my gosh. And Thank you for having yeah. me. I, I super, super appreciate it. And uh, this is, it was a blast. So, and uh, thank you for all the content oh, you both make. Thank you. So, you know, uh, EN World is, is huge and, and does a bunch of stuff for us. And this podcast is great. So, thank you. I, I, would, I would say good luck with the Kickstarter, but 
I don't think you need it. You're getting it. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing so Thank well you. and well-deserved yeah. as well. It's a fantastic-looking product. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. It's It's been a it's, – it's, I am humbled by it all for sure. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. You just got that Kickstarter roller coaster of emotions to come. As you come off that initial peak, you've now got that middle period. Right. Which is the bit I like, know where hey, it's like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then it picks up. Why again, isn't anybody yeah. donating? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's not fun that bit. But yeah, but, I'll just be staring yeah. at my screen, yelling, "Pledge, you bastards! Pledge!" <laughs> you know, damn you! Uh, <laughs> when, do, when, do you reckon, when do you reckon people will be able to get their hands on the stuff? That's oh, yeah. Question. yeah, good question. Oh, that's yeah. a great question. So uh, hopefully, before the end of the year, uh, we'll, we'll be able to get their hands on it, if not sooner. So because yeah. we're all already going through uh like i said we've got like most got of it written content so yeah it, yeah so we want to art into place they can pay your artists art art and then we also want to be we want to play test it mm. so once uh once everything's out we want to send it off to play testers and then i'm sure we'll have more changes uh and hate ourselves once yeah. we read all that feedback and you, and you go oh, in yeah. print on demand with the you so there's no delay for, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, there won't be any delay once the once the PDF is ready. Yeah, we'll do yeah, print on demand yeah. because nobody needs a pallet of books in their uh, in their garage. Happened to me so. once. Or in their front hallway. Happened to me once. Mm-hmm. Print company. And we got a warehouse. <laughs> we got a warehouse in Nottingham. A print company decided <laughs> to deliver a pallet of books to my house instead. Mm-hmm. So not that address. Oh boy. Not that. Uh, no, <laughs> not to the invoicing address. To the. You see, once for shipping, once for invoicing. What am I supposed right, to do with this yeah. pallet of books? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of climbing yeah. is our record. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, we digress. Yes, we digress. Yes, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been out. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. And it's been an absolute yeah, blast. And you are it has been great. Back. Next yes. time you have something exciting to talk about. Yes, yeah. yeah, and you two are welcome on Tabletop Babble anytime, anytime. So, right then, I'm going to sign off then. So that is. Uh, oh, who have we got next week, Peter? Uh, James Mendez Hodes, who is um, an accomplished game designer who has some He's very great. interesting things to say. Yeah, looking forward yeah, to that. He's really good. But, yeah. uh, well, then, it's goodbye for me, Russ. That's goodbye from me, Peter Coffey, from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. It's goodbye from me, James Intercasso. Uh, if you want to check out more, go to fantasticlayers.com. Boom. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.